Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. Live from Shark Shooter Studios, it's Saturday night, and we are here with a special edition episode of the Chick Foley Show. This is number 163, and we wanted to do a quick review of Elimination Chamber, since we are now on the fast path to WrestleMania. Before we get into all that, let me introduce the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm good, man. Saturday afternoon wrestling is... I'm here for that. Like, it felt like we were back on the island, man. Like, we got to, like, enjoy it. Lunchtime pay-per-view. It was beautiful. And it was a nice short pay-per-view. Like, this, for, as a parent, this is primo. Yeah, and you still got the rest of your night ahead of you, especially if it's a shitty show. Like, yeah. Elimination Chamber was a pretty decent show. We'll get to, into all the details in a little bit. But it's nothing worse than having a bad show and then knowing, like, all right, well, it's time to go to bed and then just get up and face the work week. So. And on the East Coast, man, I mean, sometimes you're burning the midnight oil. So, yeah. it's... Yeah, yeah, you can you get uh, like viscerally angry at some of those uh, wasted times they have. Oh yeah, the, when uh, they just the show shows. a random video package at the end of the <laughs> show, and you're just like, "Are you kidding me? Yeah. What is happening right now?" <laughs> Marco, what's going on up in Massachusetts? Ah, nothing much. I just want to you know echo the sentiments uh, of Sheena there. I felt I did. I felt like an uh, like an island boy watching that in the <laughs> yeah. afternoon. It was. Uh, thank you. That's how we lived. That's how we lived for years, guys. That was uh, it was beautiful. And so. yeah, so that was, was awesome. a regular show. And these Saudi shows, we were having to get up at like six in the morning. We'd make, yeah. we'd make a big mm. breakfast and everything. We got some nice breakfast beers to go along with it. So wow, yeah, it, it was nice. That yeah, was we, we couldn't empathize with all the people who were like you know pissed off that it was so late. We're like, oh, we're gonna go for a walk after this, see the sunset. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, the uh, that's kind of one of the, like the the hidden gems of living in Hawaii that people don't talk about. All your sports and stuff coming on in the in the middle of the day instead of prime time. It's pretty nice. Uh, we also have joining us the fig god, Jordan Wells. Jordan rearranged some birthday party plans to be with us here tonight. So Jordan, what's going on, man? Yeah, man. Uh, like you guys said, Saturday afternoon pay-per-views are great. Uh, I told one of my buddies, this is like me getting up for a Husker game and then playing at 11 o'clock. And then uh, it ended similarly to Husker games and disappointment. <laughs> so uh, I was uh, fully prepared it's, for it, this day. In Falcons games, you, you, love, you love to root for people who are going to disappoint you. Yeah, so. but that's Sunday. So, I mean. For punishment. Oh, I am. I always have been. <laughs> uh, Sheena, remind the listeners they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show, and join in all the fun that we have over on Facebook with our Foley fam at ChickFoleyShow.com. Yeah, the uh, the Chick Foley Show Facebook group was was lit today with Ooh, the yeah. semifinals of the Foley Picks League. So yes. uh, for those that aren't, aren't Patreon members, we had it's, it was a group of 22 of us, $5 buy-in, winner takes all. And this has been going since after SummerSlam. We did 12 events, basically any pay-per-view, any hyped-up episode of NXT or Dynamite was part of it. And, uh, you know, everybody just makes their predictions, and we scored it and stuff, and we're into the playoffs now. It was the uh, the Elite Eight today. Jordan was in there, and he just missed the cut. He w- he uh, had some heartbreak by picking Bobby Lashley to win that chamber match. Oh. Ended up costing him the season. Uh. Gina is gone. Yes, baby. Second Her second straight perfect card. Yeah, she row. was going into the last event of the regular season. She wasn't even in the playoffs, and now – She's there as the, uh, you know, heading to the the final four next week, the semifinals. That's so, right. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, and there's still uh, a couple weeks before we get season three kicked off. So 
for the Patreons that weren't members, join next time. It's a blast. It makes every single pay-per-view a lot more exciting. And for anybody that's uh, on the fence about joining the Foley fam, there's just another reason. Uh, We also want to remind you guys to support the Pod Foundation. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, uh, so you're not going to hear those normal awesome ads for for our brethren in the uh, the Pod Foundation. But make sure you guys check out uh, Pod Foundation over on Instagram. Marco runs that and does a great job of basically compiling all the activity from coming down the aisle, Turnbuckle Tavern, and the Extra Cooler Show. Like Between the four of us, like you really don't need to listen to any other wrestling podcasts unless you're just obsessed with the stuff like we are. Uh, we also want to remind you guys to support our presenting sponsors, Ringside Collectibles and Chalkline. Use code Chick-Foley at Ringside and use code PF10 at Chalkline. You guys ready to get into the Elimination Chamber? Let's go. Jordan, you sure? <laughs> uh, we'll give it a shot. All right, so we'll start off with the pre-show, the kickoff show, whatever you want to call it. Um, this was this match wasn't even announced for the kickoff show. It was kind of like just on Twitter right as the event was starting. They said that this was going to go down on the pre-show. Legend himself, Rey Mysterio, going up against The Miz. Uh, Jordan, what did you think of this match? I mean, it was kind of what I expected. I expected Rey to go over um, a little bit of Dominic interference at ringside um miss trying to pull his normal shenanigans trying to get somebody disqualified but eh, good match under 10 minutes it served its purpose yeah that's kind of what i said in the in the live thread on the group but completely inoffensive could have been on any raw or any um you know any house show uh any time of the year it was whatever uh there was an interesting promo though towards the end of the show where you know miz was complaining about being outnumbered by ray and dom Said he had someone in mind he was going to call uh, to be his tag team partner. Immediately, uh, speculation ran wild that it was going to be Cody. Turns out, it looks like Marco, you know, he's our resident insider. It looks like it's probably more likely going to be one of the Paul brothers. Oh, boy. Um, yep. And this does nothing for me. Like, Marco, are you excited to see Miz and one or both Paul going up against the Mysterios at WrestleMania? I mean, I mean, I was kind of anticipating one of those guys to, you know, jump in the ring at some point because they, you know, they've been on, not real. I don't think they've been on Raw at all. I think they've been more on SmackDown than anything when they made their appearances. But uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense. It was either that or, you know, get his father, you know, back on there and it'll be like the father and son (laughs) teams versus each other, which that, that would also make sense as well. But yeah, the rumors are, um, I'm not sure which Paul brother it is, but one of them will supposedly be stepping in the ring with the, uh, the uh, A-lister against the uh, other Mysterio. So, I don't even watch the Paul brothers, like whatever their content is out on the internet. I don't even watch the shit that they do. So why would I want to watch them like infused into my wrestling, dude? It's just, it's a no for me. What if, uh, what if Miz like hyped it up for the next six weeks? He's going to have a big mystery partner at WrestleMania. And it's like, he just brings back John Morrison. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. Would that be the most repug thing ever? It would be the most repug, but I would also actually appreciate that the most. I think, I think it would be probably the best, the best idea. Cause I mean, uh, can you imagine though, if it actually was Cody, wouldn't that be the most WWE thing that could happen to Cody is that they're like, Oh, this is your top star at AEW. And then we're just going to throw him in a tag team with, the I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm putting myself in Vince's shoes, though, he probably looks at Cody as like AEW's Miz. You know, he's a dude who, you know, is not really a world champion tender. He was, you know, had a stranglehold on the mid card championship, just like Miz has mm-hmm. had on the IC. He's got a reality show with, a, you know, a beautiful wife. Like, I think they kind of occupy a lot of the same territory. Yeah. Um, as far as where they stand. So I, I could see it. That would be a huge demotion for Cody. But if he's just chasing that money. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's still a possibility. I, we're going to talk about Cody a little bit later on. 
when we uh, take uh, just a quick preview at WrestleMania. But but yeah, nothing nothing too bad with with Miz and Rey Mysterio. Standard kickoff match. I've seen much worse. Um, so we'll keep it moving to the first match of the show. I think everybody was pretty surprised to see this one starting it off. Um, it was cool seeing these guys stare down, but I think the match kind of let us down a little bit. Sheena, what were your thoughts on Roman versus Goldberg? Well, I like, you know, came screeching into the driveway right as this match was kicking off because, uh, Brett had a Ninja Warriors class this morning and Seth was like keeping me up to date. He was like, Roman Reigns is entering (laughs) the Goldberg is entering. I was like pulling into the driveway. So I ran in, um, and got to watch it. I don't know. I mean, you said it was a disappointment, but I don't know what we were really, if you're disappointed, what you were expecting from Goldberg. I think the fact that he lost should have been enough that we weren't disappointed. Right. Like I think Roman leaving there as champion, um, it I mean, should be enough that we should all be like, thank God they yeah. didn't let Roman's title, like his title run that he's built up to this point, die in Saudi Arabia. I know? agree. I mean, I, I never really thought there was much chance at all of Goldberg actually winning this thing, but I still wanted to see this kind of, I mean, this is a dream match. Like Roman and Goldberg get a straight up dream match, even though it's, it's a little man. bit, yeah, uh, it's, a little yeah. bit I mean, that was the story and that was the story they went into it. You know, they were telling like an old gunslinger tale that like, you know, he'd been starting to doubt himself. Um, this match was two years in the making. I just thought that we were going to see a little bit. I thought the Goldberg like false finish was going to be a little bit more hype. You know what I mean? Maybe he does get him up for the jackhammer or hits a couple more spears. I just, they never even gave me like the falsest of hope that, uh, you know, Goldberg was going to win or at least just energize the crowd with a false finish. It was a very, very dominating win for Roman. So the first time Goldberg's been submitted, um, in, uh, in WWE, if anybody's ever, I thought he, uh, no, Bobby Lashley made him pass out at SummerSlam in the Hurt Lock. Oh, I guess That's two right. out of the last three matches. He still never tapped out. He's, he's never given up, but he has passed out. Hmm. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I just thought it was going to be a little bit more electric. The stare down was cool, man. It was definitely cool seeing those two guys across from each other. Uh, but as somebody who's seen pretty much every, every Goldberg pay-per-view match and just about every match Goldberg's had, uh, I think it's right in the mix. Jordan, do you think this would be would qualify as Goldberg's worst match ever from a kayfabe perspective? Uh, no, because he wrestled Undertaker in Saudi Arabia, and that's arguably the worst match ever. Yep. Yeah. Well, see, I, he almost now, killed I Undertaker, dude. I think I think that's the worst match. What in the mix for worst match ever from an in ring standpoint? But kayfabe, I mean, he speared the he you know he slammed his head into a ring post at full speed, and he still got choke slammed by Undertaker. Yeah. I felt like. In- he had a little bit more of an out um, compared to this one. Like he just he hit two like decent ish looking spears on Roman and then just got straight choked out, man. So, uh, I don't know. I was just kind of if it really was Goldberg's last match, it was a sad way to go. I would have liked to see him get a little bit more shine. Yeah, um, just because I always got a soft spot for Goldberg. How crazy is it to think that, you know, Goldberg came back to WWE in 2016. His run as a nostalgia act in WWE has now been longer than like his initial run in the business was. Wow. How insane is that? That's man? crazy. Yeah, he was in the business basically like a little less than six years. And it's now been a little over six years since he's been back in WWE. The fact that 2016 was six years ago is also like blowing my mind right now. Yeah, that is wild. You're like, yeah. uh, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, wow. Yeah, so what do we think? Is Goldberg going to come back for one more? This was the last match on his contract. No, you guys think we get him back I mean, one at more least, time? At least for a while, I think this is going to be the, the last we see of Goldberg. It's just, 
it's not been effective at all. No, the last diminishing few times returns for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Diminishing I uh, returns is a good way to put I it. I would love to see. I don't I mean his match against Lashley at Crown Jewel was pretty awesome, but the one at SummerSlam kind of sucks. So, yeah, I think it's probably best. He got the match with Roman. Uh, I didn't get my spear, my you know dual spear spot that I was really hoping to see, man. I know. I picked they were going to have four spears in this match, and there was only two. Yeah, if you were looking for a spear fest, this definitely wasn't it. I, I think Goldberg could do good in like a three-minute warning type role. If you guys remember those guys from yeah. the early Ruthless aggre- uh, Aggression era, like anytime somebody's just being annoying or being an asshole, just hit Goldberg's music, and he can come out and just spear the shit out of whoever's in the ring, and then just keep it moving. Like no context whatsoever. Just Goldberg comes out, spears them, and then he's gone for another three months or something. Um, but yeah. Not the best night for Goldberg, but I'm sure it, uh, he's got a very nice deposit in his bank account off of this one. Exactly. Let's move on to the women's elimination chamber match. Uh, Marco, what did you think of this one? I thought it was awesome. Um, they all definitely um, – I, I, I think I enjoyed the – I was kind of curious as to what they were going to do as far as like uh, the, their gear because I was actually talking, about this, uh, talking to my wife about this earlier. As the years progressed – um, as they went, you know, as they went along performing, you know, they went from like the big baggy t-shirts. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And then like yeah. the, the bar and, and then they like, you know, they transitioned onto like actual like gear and now you can like, I, I think the first thing everyone thought was like, what figures are going to be made out of this? And we'll probably talk yeah, about this a little bit later, but we're definitely going to touch on that later. Yeah. But yeah, like I thought, um, you know, even as controversial as it is and as much as I, it's still just like, ugh, makes me, you know, cringe a little bit inside. I feel like they did the best with what they had and what yeah. was expected. Of them. Um, and uh, yeah, you would never know. Like if any of those women wore any of those outfits on just regular WWE stateside TV, I feel like we'd all be like, oh, those look cool. You yeah. Know what I mean, I don't- I was going to say, yeah, I don't think anybody would have even noticed that there was something off about their attire. Like, unless yeah. you mentioned, like, oh, they're all wearing these suits because it's in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, like, right. they, all, they all look like a thousand bucks. Yeah. yeah. Than, We're going to get into your talk a little bit later on. Yeah. Other than that, ahead, I mean, I thought the match was really, uh, it was it was awesomely paced, too. Um, Very cool. Yeah, great pace to it. Um, a lot of action in and out. Didn't see any, like, you know, any, there was a lot of high spots in it, too. It was, I, I thought it was, like, super action packed, man. Like, what, probably one of the better. Uh, uh, ladies matches that they've had in recent memory anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously with the ter- return of Alexa Bliss, um, she had that crowd going definitely when yeah, she, she when her, when her pod opened old, up. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, she uh, she went nuts. So, yeah, that was, I, was, I, I really enjoyed that match. Alexa Bliss is currently our four-year-old's favorite wrestler, so he was very excited seeing <laughs> yeah, her out there. He's, obsessed, he's obsessed with uh, Alexa Bliss right now. Hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a great match, man. I would take it back to 2017, the Elimination Chamber match where Bray won his first world championship. I think this was the best chamber match since that one, man. I was really, hmm. really impressed. Like you said, Marco, it was it was really quick paced, man. Like they like you know sometimes chamber matches can really draw it out because I guess they feel like they need a longer match to you know, for the gimmick or whatever, but that thing, you know, it was very snappy. Like you said, lots of high spots. Yep. And I thought all the, and they had, out. yeah. And they had shorter entrances too. Like they didn't like draw out the like entrances. Yeah. Kind of made, they got the match started quicker. So you weren't just like, you know, by the time you weren't exhausted by the time the match started. Jordan, you are our resident women's wrestling expert. Aside from Bianca, who had the best showing in the match? Uh, I would probably say Alexa. Just because, yeah. I mean, you never know what you're going to get when someone's been off that long. Um, she might win, man. I know. I was sweating it, man. I was like pacing back and forth because uh, I, I had Bianca. This was going to set the set the tone for the rest of my for the rest of my perfect card, and also um, 
keep me in the playoffs. So I, I needed Bianca to win. And then I saw Alexa come out last. She had the pyro. She got in her chamber and there was a swing in there. And I was like, oh, shit. And like Marco said, like, just the crowd response, man. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. I think, yeah, I, th- I think you're right, Jordan. In ring, Rhea Ripley definitely looked the best. Yeah. But yep. I think Alexa showed the decision makers backstage something with just the level of crowd response that she got. Like, yeah. I'm still one of the most over chicks on the roster here, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't know if... We're going by that. They're going to bring Lita back for uh, the main event. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing <laughs> crowd response. They, the, crowd, the crowd went nuts yeah. for Lita. Dude, love so. Lita dude. She's one of the all-time best baby faces in wrestling. Um, all right. Before we move into the second half of the show, let's have a drink. Okay, Sheena, get started. What are you drinking this week? So we, on uh, Friday, we went up some local brews at, uh, at Smart Mouth and O'Connor Brewing Company. Uh, I'm drinking one of O'Connor's brews. It's a brand new one that they just dropped. It's called the Hazy Verse. Uh, it's a hazy pale ale with uh, cryo hops and lactose. So super, super scientific over here. I got the Sheldon um, of beers over here. Uh, but yeah, it's really creamy mouthfeel. I think it's the lactose in here. I'm not, you know, I'm not the hop guy. Check out, uh, but, yeah, uh, check check out cryo hops if you're really into like learning the science behind your beard. Just do a Google search on cryo hops and read about them a little bit. Yeah, it's they're just, like freeze dried hops, and they like, uh, you know, it's but it basically like packs in like more hoppy flavor and like little pellets and stuff the way they do it. And it, uh, yeah. and supposedly when you mix it with the lactose, like they call like another like slang term for these kind of beers is milkshake IPAs. Mm. It supposedly has like a really creamy mouth. It does, feel, yeah, so. it does have a creamy mouth feel. Um, well. She said, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. uh, "Hazy burst, hazy pale ale from O'Connor Brewing Company is what I'm sitting on." I'm doing, uh, I'm doing one of our standards, Juice Bomb IPA. Can never go wrong with that. Marco, what are you drinking, man? I am. Uh, I'm doing a. I'm, I'm drinking like a like a sweet mixed drink. It's uh, New Amsterdam uh, vodka, Pink Whitney. Not sure if you ever tried that. Uh, it's really good. I did, oh, that's outside my wheelhouse. Oh yeah, and uh, in Sprite. So hmm. it's a, it's a, it's well, a lemonade well, flavored um, vodka. So, and it actually okay. smells like pink lemonade, which is probably dangerous if you put too much of it in there. <laughs> Jordan, what are you drinking, man? I just went with, uh, I started with a bush light, the old um, standby. And then now I'm drinking a broken skull. Hell yeah, man. It was actually uh, six years ago today mm-hmm. that popped our me and Sheena had our cherry. first Broken Squad pay at the actual El Segundo Brewery. Straight from in, the uh, teat. Nice. In Cali. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They, right. they, they pulled they pulled us a fresh one and uh, <laughs> and you want to you want to hear the like the the worst thing about that night so seth and i we you know we walked around el segundo and then we left and then stone cold tweeted that he was headed to the brewery to get- he actually tweeted us because we had like took a selfie and stuff there and like posted it on twitter yeah and he tweeted out he's like he tweeted like directly to sheen he was like you guys still there yeah and, like, and we were like we were always no! like halfway back <laughs> no way Contemplated. We're like, should we turn thought, around? Should we turn around? I thought about turning around, but it would have added like three hours round trip. And, and like, I didn't want to be like a stalker either, dude. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we show back up hour and a half. <laughs> nah. and, listen, and it wasn't for sure like when or if he was even going to like show up. He was like saying, like, are you still guys there? Are you still there? Yeah, yeah, if we would have hung out, we definitely could have freaked Oh, no, nah, I would have yeah, I would have turned was, it. I would have turned around. I would have went yeah. back. Sorry. It was uh yeah, that was a heartbreaking moment. Like I thought we thought about it the rest of the the weekend. I was if, like, oh son of a bitch. If he tweeted back to you guys, he was gonna like hang out with you, so 
Yeah. I mean, I think the move would be to not acknowledge it when he first tweets you back and just turn around and like haul ass back there. <laughs> yeah. and then like, while you're there, just casually, like, you know, see where he's at, kind of stalk him out and then just casually open up your phone, like right behind it be like, oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin just tweeted me. And then turn around and be like, hey, there, hey, there he is. <laughs> Gotta just, be, yeah, be natural. Yeah, I've just been sitting here drinking this delicious Broken Skull IPA. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get on with the second half of the show. Jordan, you're, we're, we're going to stick with you, man. What did you think of Team Ronda versus Team Charlotte? I mean, it, it served its purpose for what it was. Um, but Are we having a heart What is somewhere? happening over there? Did, somebody, somebody get... did the, did the Akira always ninjas break in? And I know, right? What's Marco? going on? No, no. The, gir- the girls just got home, and now the dog is freaking out. So uh, <laughs> that's what's happening. <laughs> So yeah, real great. So we'll just uh, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta love puppies. Yeah, man. it's not like you're gonna start hating on Charlotte. I thought Andrade came in like put you in a sleeper hole from behind or something, dude. So so we'll go from that disaster to this match. So yeah. uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it was kind of what I was expecting out of it. Um, I mean, Ronda had one arm, well, sort of. It, yeah, it, I don't know, man. It they didn't just... do a good job. Yeah, they didn't do a good job gimmicking the arm. That was that was one. Like th- this would have fit in a lot more on an episode of SmackDown, but yeah. I understand they want to get Ronda in front of the uh in front of the Saudi audience and you don't want to give away her first one on one match until until we get to Mania. Yeah, it was whatever. What is what is your kind of like from a one to a ten, if you had to pinpoint it, Jordan, what is your excitement level right now for Ronda versus Charlotte, which I think uh is more than likely gonna end up main eventing night one of WrestleMania? Hmm, I'd probably put myself at about a five. Really? Yeah, you know, I, I love Ronda too. Um but I just feel like, and we still got a couple months to Mania. So, I mean, she's a, you know, professional athlete, one of the best of the best. So she can definitely get where she wants to be. She has the dedication and, you know, the the ability and the money to do whatever she needs to do to get in ring shape and all of that. But uh, from what I've seen from her last two showings, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not super hyped for that to. Really? See, I, I feel like Ronda's in-ring's been fine, man. I, I think the match is, is going to crack, dude. I think it's just... The build's probably going to suck. Like I, I could see the build either at best uh, being awkward or at worst sucking. I, but I think once the bell rings, I think they're going to have a hell of a match. Yeah. The two of them. They're, I they're hope you're at, right. Uh, you agree. guys know I love Ronda. Ronda's my girl, dude. Yeah, Survivor Series 2018. That match was awesome, and we never got a clean finish. So yep. We're, we're due, you know, about three and a half years for this rematch. I, I think the actual match is going to be really, really good. The build is what I'm skeptical about, and I'm not excited about churning through six weeks of TV to. Uh, to get to that match. What about you, Marco? One to 10, what, what's your excitement at for Ronda and Charlotte? Um, I'll probably say about, uh, we'll go seven for me. Um, like you said, judging on what they do, you know, leading up to mania. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the match is going to be awesome. Once they, once they have that one-on-one, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, you know, she could, she could definitely, you know, get back. She's like, I think when she first started, they said she was like one of the fastest learners, um, when it when it when it comes to like professional yeah. wrestling, so I mean, she could pick. But, it's basically just like riding a bike, probably for her. She can just get back in the ring and start doing stuff. And it's, it's yeah, but you know how WWE is, dude. If you're if they give them too much time, like Seth said, to do this build. Remember how Becky, like we were, everybody was so hyped for for Becky and Ronda, and it, yeah. it was just like it was too there was too much time for them to build that match, and they just kept like screwing it up, yeah. and you know. Taking taking left turns and back, it was just it yeah, was, yeah, the, yeah. I think the build we have, we have too much time for this build to go yeah to go sideways. Yeah, I agree. The build's probably not going to be the greatest, but I think once they get in the ring, it's going to 
definitely like be one of the best matches of that whole like show. I don't I don't know, man. I, I really hope for one that we get another fist fight in the back of a cop car in this build again because that was uh-huh. badass. I'm not that, gonna actually. lie. I, I, I enjoyed that. That's all you really remember. You know, I yeah. I forgot like the four different times that Becky was in the match and she was and out she of the got, match. Yeah, she got. Um, but there was that bad yeah. shit, insane like Attitude Era style. Uh, yep. Kick uh, the windows segment. out. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, like I said, I, I don't really know how the build is going to be, but the match should be good. Charlotte, you know, you hear all the rumors about her being difficult to work with backstage, but she does take a tremendous amount of pride in what she does. And I have no doubt she's going to make sure that her match is, uh, is on point for mania. Yeah. Uh, Marco, the next one, probably the match we were least excited for going into the night, Drew McIntyre going up against <laughs> Matt Cat Moss. Um, you know, I thought Moss showed out this match, man. I thought he really showed something, took some wicked bumps yeah. and, uh, what did you think of Mad Cat Moss's performance tonight? Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't think it was too bad. I mean, if, obviously the his his gear is definitely repug. If anything, yes. it's like it, they definitely need to work on that. His entrance music is pretty awful as well. Uh, but I think that's a part of the gimmick anyway. Uh, but in ring, he's not actually he's not that bad. Um, he's real good. I'm actually surprised that this match went as long as it did. Personally, I thought it was going to be kind of like a squash match, but um, obviously it wasn't. But um, definitely thoughts and prayers to that uh, to that dive he took on his head. Um, yeah, that, it looked like he yeah. thought. Uh, I don't know if he thought it was supposed to be like some sort of suplex situation or what, man. But yeah, he went straight down on his head. That was wicked. Yeah, he immediately grabbed the back of his neck when he uh, when he landed too. So, but yeah, I mean, it, the match it, it was what it was. It you know it you put McIntyre over, and I mean, there's uh, there's also rumors of him. He may be entering. In the uh, main event scene, too, as oh, well. So, God. did you hear about that at all? Or no, anybody? No, he might be in that mix with uh, Roman and, and oh, Brock. God. So, Dude, Drew? Yeah. There's a, ru- oh, there's a rumor. No. Yeah. No, no, no. I think this is going to be finally Roman beating we Brock. Will, I will riot. I will come on this show and go straight up like AEW women's division pistification. Daniel Bryan might get in the match somehow. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Well, I mean, I Get in there, though. I mean, after this, like, obviously, after this match of Mad Cat, and let's say, like, continue it with, with Baron Corbin, but I mean, six weeks I of. I think McIntyre's facing Corbin at, at Mania. Ugh. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what's in the cards. I right mean, now, yeah, but so. yeah, I mean, also, the I mean, the rumor was, I mean, before he had that injury and he went out at uh, around Rumble, he, it, the build was supposed to be him and Roman at some point, so. I could see uh, now. I I could see Drew kind of getting involved in some of like the TV and stuff coming up to it. If you remember at WrestleMania 33, they had Braun Strowman kind of being like the fifth wheel in the Roman and Undertaker feud, just because mm-hmm. you know, like you said, it gives you somebody else to get in the mix to do some different stuff on the way there. Yeah, but uh, but I, I don't see him actually getting added to the match. Well, yeah, if you if you think about it too, like uh, Brock is the Raw champion essentially, so he'll be on Raw. He might not be on yeah. SmackDown every week, so you're gonna need that other kind of threat to Roman uh, leading yeah, up I to Mania. That. And that would yeah, be I McIntyre. Be a little distractor. Um, yeah, I, I thought Moss looked really good, man. Took some wicked bumps, had some really good spots. I think he is so... I, I think he could really be a breakout star in 2022, but he needs to get away from Baron Corbin. Yeah, definitely. Like this feud and this gimmick has been a good way to get a foot in the door and get a lot of exposure on the main roster. But the moment this feud is over, I think the next night he needs to he needs to turn on Baron Corbin or just just split. You know, mm-hmm. um, Jordan, like tell me. Sometimes you can find the silver lining on every dark cloud in wrestling. Why should we still be having Baron Corbin take up this much TV time in the year twenty twenty two? Man. <sighs> 
The silver lining is going to be hard for me to find on this one because I, I literally have never seen anything in Baron Corbin that was like, oh, man, this guy's got it. I mean, even back to his NXT days, like, I just – I never understood it. Um, I, I mean, I guess – because he has been closer to the top at some point in his career. So I guess it's just another body to throw on SmackDown. What kind of dirt does he have on Vince that we just don't I know mean, about? Dude? Let's, let's not forget, this, this man beat uh, Roman several times, including a dog food match. So I guess, yeah. I, I mean, I guess there's some, somebody must think there's something there. I, I don't get it personally, but I'm, to each their own, I guess. I blame him for sinking all the momentum Seth Rollins had after WrestleMania 35. Yeah. He's the clean <sighs> Lesnar and then gets sucked into a three month long feud with Baron that Corbin. Was man. Pitiful, yeah, man. That was pitiful. That ruined <laughs> Seth's entire run. It wasn't dark time. I kind of did like Baron just as a uh, like as a, a solid mid card heel with what he was doing down in NXT. But the moment he went to the constable gimmick, it's just been horrible, man. Like yeah, the chill, it, it, the chili makes, yeah, just, it makes me want to change channel when he comes on my tv like i hate saying that because it seems like he's a pretty nice guy but uh but yeah baron corbin is just not for me and i, I think he's holding back madcap moss you sure it wasn't the uh the man's man uh storyline that kind of sunk seth rollins so so it was <laughs> the baron corbin thing is what sunk him and then they tried to throw yeah. him a life preserver with uh, becky pairing him up with Becky Lynch to get some momentum back. But it, instead of a life preserver, it was actually like a cinder block and it just took him straight to the bottom. <laughs> of the it, it was definitely one a one B. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then came Ray Mysterio. But that gave us uh, uh, the Messiah, the Monday night Messiah, Seth Rollins, which is what we like, kind of like the evolution that we yeah. see now. So, yeah. And the Monday night Messiah never got to fu- be fully realized. That's, yeah. that's, to me, that's the most disappointing thing about that whole run. That it's was like a badass faction. The whole, him and Buddy and AOP. The AOP, up. man. The AOP just could not stay healthy. That was that was so disappointing yeah. because if they kept recruiting disciples and like turned that into just like a hellified faction, like, man. And they, to, had, uh, so, and they had Austin Theory in there too at one point. Yeah. yeah. Go back to 2020 World Rumble, Seth's the number 30 entrant, and he comes out with his whole crew with Buddy and AOP, and they just kind of divide and conquer everybody in the ring. Like, yeah. it, it's badass. Yeah, just wasn't meant to be. Um, let's go on to Jordan's all-time favorite wrestler, possibly his all-time favorite person, aside from maybe his beautiful wife and daughter, Lita, in her first singles match in uh, you know 16 years, going up against Becky Lynch. Uh, Jordan, what do you think of your girl out there, man? How could you like say that Lita is number one behind my wife and kids? Trish. I mean, the, the, no, it's got to be Trish, right? Yeah, I mean, and Trish might be number one in front of them, like if we're being yeah. honest. Like, <laughs> I mean, if Trish walked through my door today, I'd be like, see you later, girls. I'm going to Canada. You're, You're terrible. risking it all. Ari, Ari, Zoe, I love you guys. Don't <laughs> <laughs> Risking it all. Uh, no, but seriously, um, for Lita not having wrestled a singles match in 16 years, I mean, yeah, there was some rust and there was some missed moves, but I'm not going to go into my whole... All, all these all these jabronis that are talking shit about her are sitting on their couch it, eating freaking chicken wings and... It was you a know. tough spot to put her in too, man. Yeah. She would have been much better served in some sort of tag situation. Like, let's let, let Becky get somebody else and let Lita get somebody else. Let him do a tag. But, uh, but yeah, I thought it was okay, man. I thought this was more about some of, you know, Becky's in-ring limitations that we've seen since she's come back more yeah. than anything else, man. Yeah, that, I, and I'm not going to go in on Becky because everyone knows already how I feel about it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what were they really going to be able to do with this match? Like, it, I mean, it did basically what it needed to do. Um, it got Becky another win, and um, mm-hmm. 
But I mean, outside of that, yeah. like, what did anyone expect out of this match? Like, I hope nobody was like, oh man, Lita is going to put on like a five star classic. Like, the amount of those that she had in her career, you can count on one hand, and the majority yeah. of them are with, were with Trish. So, I mean, it it's just it is what it is, and it was a women's match, and Becky's still the champ. Yeah, we're now staring down the barrel of uh, Becky and Bianca at WrestleMania once again. Um, I got some concerns. I think it was Marco that mentioned it on the last episode that they may need to add a third person. Like I thought Rhea Ripley was impressive enough in that, that gauntlet match and in the chamber today that, you know, maybe they can find a path for her to get into this and we just yeah. make it a triple for the raw championship. It's not, this match is no, most likely not going to be closing either night of mania. So, you know, you could do a triple, uh, a triple threat in the, the mid card. And I don't think anybody would really sweat it. I think it would make for a much better match because Becky's character work is still top notch. Like, arguably the best of anybody male or female in WWE, but you know, she was never the best in ring. And since her return, it's the, the in ring work has been, you know, getting yeah. worse. So I don't hey, know, Marco, what do you think, man? Are we going to see Rhea get added to the match? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think so. Um, mainly like, like you said, um, you have to get too into it, but yeah, she's definitely like the, if the four horsewomen, she's definitely like the last, she's at the bottom of the totem on the, the four horsewomen, when it comes to, you know, the in-ring stuff. Character work, like you said, top-notch. Um, but in-ring, not the greatest. And, um, you know, there's there was a reason why you would see, you know, Becky have, a like, a match, and then they would throw Charlotte in the match. Um, right. Obviously, it was a piss people off, like, the fans and everything. But there was a real Becky's reason why. Great. And that was great at, at stepping up to the the quality of the person that she's wrestling with. You know what I mean? Like she does a really good job where it's like, if she's the one carrying the match or she's the, the top talent in the match, it is going to be a little bit clunky. Yeah. Or, so if she's, if she's with Charlotte or if she's with Sasha or, you know, Bailey or somebody like that, that's just like a better in-ring worker. I think, you know, she, do, she does a really good job of kind of like stepping up and, you know, meeting them where they're at. Well, yeah, she kind of, I mean, she kind of, it seems like she needs that, like that, like kind of extra, Extra, yeah. um, you know, I don't want to say hand holding, but you know, mania. like, well, I mean, other than that, I mean, what's she gonna do? Be fighting Nikki Ash at Mania, so I think you know, we uh, it would be a good spot for her. I wouldn't be yeah. mad at Rhea versus uh, Becky versus yeah, Bianca. I would uh, I'd invite anybody to get on YouTube and search for some of Becky's stuff from back in like 2005, 2006 on the European independent scene um, before she took her seven year hiatus from wrestling because she really did look like a totally different wrestler before she had those bad knee injuries, you know, and she still had a little bit of juice left when she came back at uh, at NXT at first. But, you know, she's, she's been wrestling a really long time. She yeah. started really, really young, wrestled for a while, had some knee injuries, took seven freaking years off before coming back and getting yeah. her deal with NXT. Um yeah, like like I said, I think Marco, you were just kind of planted the seed in my head, man. Now I just see it every time she's out there that I think the in ring limitations are just really kind of starting to hurt her stock. Yeah, a little bit. and it's not like knocking, it's not knocking her or anything like that. But I just had like an epiphany one 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 time. When we, I think it was on. I was talking on the raw down about, it and I was just like, you know what? I was like, there's a reason why you know in those like main event matches, Charlotte or someone else is put like they were with her. Like in that match, and it was like kind of like you know shoehorn Charlotte. They're throwing her in every single match that I'm in. Blah blah. blah. Um, I should be the main event, but in in reality, like probably in behind the scenes, they're like, no, we have to put her in a match because this this Be- match has to look good. <laughs> she 
she looks smaller since she's come back. Like she's like oh, yeah. she's not as athletically built. I mean, she's she's you know you can tell she's strong and she's fit and all the things. But before she went on maternity leave and everything, I mean, she was like built. I mean, yeah, you know, not like, not like Rhea Ripley built, but like you know, CrossFit, CrossFit Yeah, yeah. And now she's like she's so thin that when she wrestles, it like makes me uncomfortable. You know, like yeah. she's so small. So yeah. I don't know if that adds to it. Like she just doesn't have the you know, the capacity to do the things that maybe she was doing before she, you know, left on maternity leave. But I don't know. I agree with you guys. Um, and I love Becky, you know, I love, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to like take a dump on her and I definitely, she would perform me out of, out of the freaking room. Like I couldn't do anything that she does. So I'm not, I'm not talking shit on her, but yeah, just from a, from an outsider's perspective. I honestly think that they might add two people to this match. I think we might get Alexa and Rhea added to this. Yeah. It's a fatal yeah. four way. I, I was thinking, I was thinking even like a do do drop might even be like a part of that instead of a, I don't know. Yeah. So we, so Marco's want to take it all the way back to the divas era where it's just like a six way. He's just one. He just wanted to re he's wanted to rebook the elimination. <laughs> just bring chamber. it back. Just bring back the whole yeah. elimination chamber. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember that was like in the days before the, uh, you know, the divas revolution or whatever. It would just be, you'd have one women's match. And yeah. It'd just be a big freaking smog. Do the six pack challenge again, but women's style. But yeah, they have to remember it was like Brie Bella's last match, and it was like supposed to be her big shining moment. There was like twenty women in that. Match. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know that's right. Yeah, they have to save the uh, the Elimination Chamber rematch for the uh, WrestleMania Backlash. Oh, Don't forget man. that. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's gonna, Mark, Marco's did. booking it. It's going to be a six pack challenge, and it's going to have like four minutes, like in, in a ring. <laughs> All right, Book let's it. get to the main event. The men's elimination chamber match. Weird match. Um, we saw Bobby Lashley eat some plexiglass when Seth Rollins powerbombed mm-hmm. Austin Theory through it. The spot looked a little weak. Like, I mean, we were just thinking, like, what the hell? That's what took Lashley out. Come to find out shortly after the event, it looks like Bobby Lashley has been nursing a shoulder injury and was yeah. just unable to compete. But they wanted to get him in the ring tonight to at least drop the belt. Um, Gene, what did you think about uh, what happened to Lashley and his current situation? Well, I think that what happened to him, like you said, it, I don't think the spot, the camera work probably wasn't the best on the spot. Maybe they should have like shot it at a different angle where it looked a little bit more brutal or maybe, you know, he should have went through the glass a little harder. I mean, you know, sorry, Austin. I felt like he should have been like, like right up against the plexiglass. Yeah. Like, he could have been looking at Brock, but be like right up against it to where yeah. like it knocked him back into the chamber. Yeah. It looked piece of plexiglass just got just fell over onto yeah, him. Yeah. Semi-aggressively pushed And then they kept, him. then they kept um like doing the camera on Bobby and he like had his eyes open. He'd be like looking at his arm, like, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> and like carrying him out, Um, which was just, it was, it was all weird and awkward. And it kind of just made the match. Like at that point you knew, like there's undoubtedly Brock Lesnar's winning. I was still thinking thing. Bobby was going to come back, man. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that. I, right. I told Seth, I was like, wait a minute. So like, I was is he for sure out or what? Yeah, I was hating on it hard. But then once I saw that he had a legit injury, I was like, all right. I, yeah, I, I didn't realize until after the match that he had been nursing a shoulder yeah. injury. Yeah, they kept it under wraps. I yeah. think they because I think they wanted to keep the entry going into it. So that was yeah. Shout out to whoever was holding that secret because uh, yeah, they definitely kept it. But I mean, if you realize he hasn't really been on like TV and stuff, you know. So I mean, we should have known something was up, but I guess no. Nobody's watching Raw that closely or, you know, so yeah. it's just like, eh, whatever. The rest of the match was a little bit lackluster, especially compared to the women's. Like, the buckle bomb through the pod was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it was based, you know, once Brock came out, badass entrance oh kicking through the gosh. pod. He I just, thought it was awesome. 
Yeah, he slaughtered everybody. I think um, it depends on which angle you're. I think you can look at it a couple ways because in, in in a way, I'm kind of like this is bullshit. Like, how did he just come out and eliminate like all the top stars in the company? Like, you know, Bing Bang Boom, and that was it. Like, they deserve better than that. But also. I looked at it like, this is kind of badass. Like, this makes me like, you know, I mean, Brock is just running roughshod through the whole company right now. He won the the Rumble. He's going to win the Elimination Chamber. He's going to main event Mania, which I know doesn't get a lot of people excited. But at the same time, it's going to make Roman versus Brock really freaking cool. Dude. Yeah, yeah definitely. they've just got they have really just gone all in on these two guys. Dude. They've sacrificed everybody else to create one single gigantic match you know it's freaking you know it's thanos going up against the avengers or something you know like Vader <laughs> and luke skywalker that's what they're creating and i get it because at the end of the day they got to sell a hundred thousand tickets for this event yeah. so i understand why they felt like they just need to put all their chips on this one match you heard bruce pritchard say it on something to wrestle it's the main event that sells the tickets everything else is kind of just window dressing let me let me also just say this though because in our picks league we had one of the bonus questions was who's going to be the first man eliminated in the rumble. And like, uh, like 80% of the the guys in the, in the picks league picked Austin theory, right? Because there was like, Oh, one of these things is not like the other Austin theory just really doesn't yeah. belong in the match. Um, I picked AJ Styles, which was like a, you know, out on a limb, but Seth was like making so much fun of me. Like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, you know, why did you not pick like Austin theory or Matt Riddle? And I said, dude, I don't know, but I feel like, they put Austin Theory in this match for a reason. And that mofo was the last man standing screen time with in Vince. the freaking chamber. Yeah. He's so, the only one that had any sort of offense against Brock. You know, Brock was just a knife through hot butter on everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Austin actually, I mean, he got a nut shot and he, he at least escaped him for a little bit. I don't know yeah. if he like anything. It think, wasn't really offense. He was just kind of like, yeah, like you said. Do you think he? Uh, do you think Austin Theory gained anything from that? Like, is he up a couple pegs and uh, the kayfabe rankings <laughs> off of that scene? Or no? Yeah, I, mean, I think. I, well, I do. I think I he think looks so. kind of good. I, I don't. I'm not an Austin Theory girl. I, I don't think he has it. I think he's good in ring, but he does not have it for me. So I don't. I see him just being like a another Cesaro type, where he's like, you know, technically good, but he's not going to be on the mic, like making me like, holy shit, holy shit. You know what I think kind of, he fucked himself on. Cause they were setting him up to definitely, I think like, you know, gain something in defeat there. He kind of, I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say he botched it, but that F five from the pod, <sighs> he didn't really go all out and take it. Like, bro, you know, what would you have done? I'm not a professional wrestler. I'm not getting paid six figures. Oh, to yeah, go out no. there. But you know, I am, you know, it, we're 163 episodes into this. I think I am somewhat qualified as a critic. And if you'd let me finish, I could tell you, I said he didn't botch it. Okay. I didn't, I didn't say he botched it, but he definitely didn't take the, he didn't take the full brunt of it. Right. He took the move in a way that made it safer. Right. Which is a smart thing to do. But I think if he really would have ate it and like, sold, got, took the F five, like most folks take the F five. Um, I think that would be a clip that gets played over and over. And then if you see Austin theory limp out on Monday night raw and like is still standing after that, I think he would gain a little something from it. But yeah. as it was, it just looked kind of clumsy. I don't, I don't know. I don't think. I, he, I, what do you think, Jordan? What did, what did you think of the F five off the pod, man? I didn't. I didn't think it quite connected like it needed to. So there's ways to do this to make it look better, and the way to do it is to not like follow him down to the mat, like exactly. dude. Exactly. Just fucking 
keep the camera on Brock Lesnar, let him do the F5, and then pan down to Austin Theory after he's already landed. Yeah. Like, exactly. This is I, the one time we needed some of WWE shit camera work, man. Yeah. Yeah, like, dude, like, why did I didn't need to see Austin Theory fly through the air to know it would have hurt. Like, and, and they used, like, the, the absolute worst camera angle because it was l- literally right underneath Austin Theory where he was coming down, you know? So they showed him, like, literally landing on two feet with uh, with a out of the F5. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. it was not good. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely not say I could have done any better, but I think somebody like Matt Riddle or somebody like AJ Styles or somebody like Seth Rollins could have done it better. That's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, that, from wow. that height, I don't know. If you're, you're on Brock Lesnar's shoulders from that height and he just throws you like that, I'm not sure there's like a, a perfect way to, to actually 13th, land. June 13th, 1998, Mankind got thrown off the top of the hell in the <laughs> that cell. That was luck. That was pure table. luck that he landed like that, though. I know. agree. I'm just saying there was, I think there was some, something, there was some middle ground between what Mick Foley did then and what Austin Theory did today that I think still would have worked and been, been safe for everybody. I mean, yeah. I feel like they would have had, I feel like they would have had to have gimmick the cage though. Yeah. To make it safe. There's no way that you're laying out, even though that, I don't know even why though that thing is pad, Yeah. If, if he like would have thrown him in the ring, better. the ring probably would have been safe. Maybe they didn't want to mess with him possibly like landing on the ropes of the turnbuckle or something, but I yeah. thought going to the ring would have been better. I don't know, man. Maybe, you know, I, I get it. It's definitely easy to just, you know, snipe from the sidelines. I fully understand oh, that. Yeah, this is and there's no way. I, yeah, there's no way I could have done any do. better. But I felt like that spot could have been like borderline legendary because we've definitely never seen nothing like that in all the years of Brock. Um, and I just think the landing kind of like took away from it, man. Yeah. I mean, oh, because I was hyped, dude. As soon as they, as soon as like Brock went up that cage, I was telling, I was like screaming. I was like, oh God, you know, cause I, I just had the heebie jeebs for Austin theory. Like, can you imagine turning around and looking behind you and just seeing this monster, like climbing up the cage after you, like absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. then, he, then that same monster, like hoist you up on his shoulders and proceeds to like throw you, you know, yeah, in I mean, the middle. Of the Jordan, you're, 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 you know, Mr. Work rate guy. How would Kitty Omega have taken that move? <laughs> um, I mean, there's definitely a different way to take it where you don't hurt yourself. I mean, listen, I, I'm not telling you I could take that bump because I'd fucking probably die. Um, <laughs> but what I am saying, like, I, I don't know, man. I just do not. I guess I don't understand why they chose Austin Theory for that that move. I'm with you, Seth. Like, somebody else would have taken that better. I, I am with you on that. Do I agree that it's dangerous? Absolutely, but yeah, definitely, it's definitely dangerous, man. I mean, I, it's a high, it's a five off the top of a pod, but like, if it's your moment, you might as well make the most of it. Yeah, like, dude, that like might Mark be Mark. Austin Theory's moment of his career. Yeah, yeah, I blame WWE for the shoddy camera work, dude. I feel like yeah. it's not, it's not, that's not on Austin Theory because I mean, he's he's Austin Theory. He's not Kenny Omega. He's not Roman Reigns. He's not Seth Rollins. Like, you know, they put him in that spot, and he clearly was not made for that kind of spot. And also, I mean, that's just self-preservation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they could have, Go ahead, Marco. Yeah, they could have even uh, shot it from the – I seen like a uh, – I think it was like a fan uh, video of it. They, it was like on the outside of the outside of the uh, elimination chamber, kind of like yeah. pointing upwards. And it yeah. was like basically like, you know, uh, Brock Lesnar slamming his head off the – off of that, I thought he was going to go through that first and foremost. So did I. I thought he was. Going I, out of, I, I thought, thought he was. For a shoot. I thought they were about to break through that. Dude. Yeah, I mean, Brock was slamming this. Shit he was out doing him, some dude. straight Jason Voorhees type. Yeah, he was trying to murder Austin Theory. But uh, yeah. yeah, so like that upward angle when he picked him up and did the F five, like you don't you see him just throw him. You don't see him like land because the pods like blocking that uh, that area, like the actual the ground area. So you just see Brock just toss him, and it looks even. 
crazier because it looks like he just threw some dude <laughs> off of this high thing yeah. and you don't see him land. So they they yeah. may have if they use like the camera work on the outside kind of angling upward, I think it would have it would have helped it out a little bit if you want to if you want to go that route. But I thought it was yeah, a cool I mean, spot nonetheless. Personally. It was still a cool spot. I just I guess I get a little bit frustrated when I see something that was like so close to being like yeah. holy shit like yeah. I, you know that's going to be one of the moments of the year and it just didn't quite connect it was like so. the uh you know, probably when they re-show it they'll probably show it from a different yeah they'll angle. edit oh, it yeah. i would imagine they'll edit it to where it yeah doesn't oh, yeah. like that. And, uh, oh yeah it was kind of like that jericho fall remember from the uh blood and yeah. guts match yeah. where you like see him fall through yeah. the uh cushioning <laughs> exactly exactly that's not on jericho that's camera work yeah 100 all right, so that was our last premium live event before WrestleMania. Um, as far as, you know, for wrestling fans right now, we're basically like kids on uh, when it's December 1st, you know, Christmas just a few weeks away. We're staring down the barrel of WrestleMania. Let's all go around and just each give a short answer on what we're most excited for at WrestleMania. Uh, Sheena, we'll start with you. I'm excited for title versus title, um, Brock and Roman, dude. I feel like it's going to be when they're in that, that spotlight at WrestleMania on the grandest stage of them all. They're going to show out. It's going to be amazing. And we don't even know what type of um, twists and turns could happen during that match. They could just set the whole stage for the coming year um, in wrestling. So do you see it being a actual unification match or is it just going to be a double champ situation like we had with Becky at WrestleMania? I think it's going to be a, a, a double champ situation. I don't see them unifying the titles one because they sell twice as many titles when they have two world titles right yeah. and also each, each network we've talked about this a million times i don't see one of them just for foregoing having a a, a full-time title on their show you know yeah i feel it looks like yeah all indications are it's just going to be a, a double title situation for a little bit you know you have money in the bank coming up just a few months later so mm-hmm. that's always an easy way to to get a belt off of somebody if you need to that's exactly how they did it with becky uh, Marco, what are you most excited for for WrestleMania? I was going to say that, but um, I'm definitely intrigued by the uh, uh, Charlotte and uh, Ronda Rousey match. Um, just because I think, obviously, that's probably going to be one of the uh, uh, main events. Uh, probably, I'm assuming, night one. But um, I'm just, I, I think I think it's going to be a banger, if, I mean, of a match. I think it, it's it's enough time for, we spoke about this earlier, for Ronda to, you know, get the, uh, you know, get the dust off. And yeah. uh, when, definitely when that match happens, when she gets in the ring, I think it's going to be like an absolute like banger of a match between the two. And you know, Charlotte's going to perform to the highest capability because yeah. it's WrestleMania. So, um, but yeah, I'm, act- I'm, I'm I'm kind of excited for that match. Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely got potential to be the best match of the entire weekend. Uh, Jordan, what about you, man? I was going to be a smart ass here and say when it went off air, but I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> I'm going to say this because there's so much like – rumor around like what's going to happen and who's going to show up. So I guess I'm most excited to see who actually does show up because we've had Stone Cold rumors. We've had HBK rumors. I mean, we've had Taker rumors. Like I'm excited to see who actually does wrestle. Cause like if any of those guys wrestle, I'll be more surprised than not. Yeah, I feel that. Um, That kind of ties a little bit into mine. I, I'm most excited just to see what Seth's going to be doing, man. Obviously, you guys know Seth's my favorite current current day wrestler. Um, three years ago at Mania, he beat Brock Lesnar clean to win the Universal Championship. And then he's kind of been in the mid-card the last two years. He's had badass matches with Kevin Owens and Cesaro, but it's been nothing, you know, nothing too crazy, nothing that's going to go down on, you know, any WrestleMania highlight tapes. 
in the future. So uh, this past year has been incredible for him from a creative standpoint. I think he's been one of the most compelling characters on WWE TV. So I'm just really kind of excited to see where he goes. I feel like Cody coming in would be a great um, uh, that'd be a great first match for Cody coming back if that's the case. Cody versus Seth. You know, back in 2019 when AEW was was really starting up, Seth was the top guy for WWE, and he was loud and proud on Twitter. You know, talking about how they're still always going to be the best wrestling in the world no matter what. So I think that'd be kind of an easy uh, an easy inroad to get a feud started. Um, for you know, rehashing some of that stuff. And oh, Cody versus can Seth you imagine? Can you imagine the promos that Seth would cut on Cody about you know? Oh yeah, his Seth Savage, about, man. Uh, yeah, WWE and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, that would be great. So yeah, very interested to see where Seth ends up on the card this year. Um, Sheena, do we got some listener mail? Oh yeah. First question comes to us from across the pond. It's our buddy, Phil Dunnett. I think you should read this in a uh, British accent. I don't know how to do that. Go, yes, Sheen. You do. Let's hear it. I I you guys, I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> Go. <laughs> um, Why not? Because I'm terrible at accents. Do it. You do a good British accent. Um, well, I've been drinking now. And I can't, I can't even remember how to do it. Okay. Um, six attires from Elimination Chamber <laughs> that should get... A figure. So we're going to go around and we're going to do one each. How about that? Um, yeah, we'll do. I, uh, I'll start off. I want Rhea Ripley in the cat suit. That would be my pick. Rhea Ripley's gear was awesome. I was going to say Bianca Belair because I feel like I love the holographic uh, um, cat suit, but, you know, Mattel is going to be garbage at making that paint job happen. Like, yeah. 12 years in. They- they can't do. The they can't metallic, even get. But. They can't even get Brett metallic glasses after all these years, dude. I mean, Jax did it back like you know <laughs> before it was even <laughs> a, like like a possibility. Somebody probably just freaking handmade those damn glasses, and you know, yet Mattel can't seem to to get it together. But yeah, I think Bianca's uh, gear was awesome. Jordan, um, Rhea would have been my first choice, so I'll go with. I, I really liked what Alexa was wearing on this one, so yeah, I'll go with Alexa. This is my second choice. Yeah, it looked great. Marco, I'm gonna go live with the uh, with oh, the, she was rocking with the Britney, Britney Spears. Spears. Yeah, with the Britney yeah. Spears inspired uh, gear. So that I think that'd be pretty cool in elite form. Yeah, it was like the oops, I did it again. Yep. Um, you know, uh, cat suit. All right, Zach Hertzler says any beer or food lined up for WrestleMania. I know it's still a few weeks away, but never a bad thing to plan it out. We're gonna do Poke Mania. We're gonna before we uh, go inland uh, here in a few months, we are going to enjoy all the all the East Coast seafood that we can. So we'll probably do our big Poke Fest where I you know go get some fish and I whip up a bunch of different varieties of poke and we're going to have it with our favorite Havea tortilla chips and and some rice. So that's nice. what we're doing over here. Yeah, and for beer, uh, Smart Mouth Brewing, they're our favorite local brewery. On Saturday, March 5th, they're dropping its uh, their nostalgically ridiculous pack. So it's going to be those uh, those Lucky Charms IPAs we had last year during the cereal episodes. And they're also dropping a um, Cocoa Pebbles, or no, uh, Fruity Pebbles, mm-hmm. a Fruity Pebbles-inspired uh, sour ale and a Rice, Rice Krispie, Krispie Treats-inspired uh, blonde ale all in one pack. So yeah. nice. be drinking it's, that uh, also. It's absolutely um, unacceptable that they didn't do a uh, Honey Nut Cheerios-inspired. Uh, oh, man, that'd be great. <laughs> be the best beer ever. Inspired beer. It would be the best beer. It sounds like it would be good, though. Can you imagine? Like, it'd be like honey and wheat. And, oh, that'd yeah. be good. That'd be good. Uh, delicious. What about yeah. you guys? Y'all start planning the uh, the WrestleMania menu yet? 
Not on this side. No, not yet. All right. We'll keep you. We'll keep you. Jordan, what about you? I'm going to do a bourbon tasting night one. So I'm going to get lost in the sauce night one for sure. (laughs) Uh, Zoe's on spring break that week. So uh, probably get lost in the sauce both nights. So we'll, we'll see how, what night one goes though. Nice. Uh, We'll keep you guys posted as the, as their menus round out when it gets closer to mania. Next comes in from our buddy, Tony Barker. He says, what other matches would you book to hook the people for this year's WrestleMania? So what would you bring into the table, Seth? I don't know. I mean, they're already booked like the biggest matches they can with Charlotte and Ronda. And uh, true, but Roman we're missing Brock. we're missing some like nostalgia, find, like so or some like the, big the nos- legend or something. You know, I don't think you need the nostalgia. I think the I think the the casual fans are going to come in off of those two matches. I think something for the hardcore fans. Maybe get something cooking up with. I think Randy Orton and Matt Riddle is going to happen. That should be a really good one, an easy story to tell and a good match. And maybe just get something cooking with AJ and Seth Rollins, like. Just have them go out on Mania, give them like 15 to 17 minutes and just let them put on the best match possible that they can. I think that would be pretty badass. Yeah. All right. John Swallow says, in your opinion, this is this is John from Coming Down the Aisle podcast, by the way, says, in your opinion, uh, is this the end of the brand split forever or will we have one title bouncing back and forth from both shows? We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but uh, Marco, what, what do you think? Do you think... They're going to unify the titles, or do you think it's going to be a, uh, you know, still brand split situation? Uh, um, I think uh, obviously it depends on like you know the the contracts that they have with like the respective networks, like USA and Fox. Um, when it comes to that, but I think since they're doing a champion versus champion match, I definitely think it's going to be a uh, like a double title situation. Um, I'm gonna even go further and think they not they might not unify it right away, but I think down the line it will unify at some point, and they'll make it one mm. title and have someone bounce from have that one main event star on both shows, um, and it, treat the champion kind of like you know you don't have to they they prove that you don't have to have the champion on every single week. Essentially, you can they're they're an attraction. You're not supposed to see them all the time. Um, yeah. So, you, you know, they come up around the, like the premium live event times. I almost said pay-per-view. So when there's like a premium live event happening, that's when you, you, you get to see the champion, uh, cut a promo, maybe do a, like a tag match or something like that. Um, and then obviously they'll be at the, the premium live event, but I think, I, I think they're going down that road. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Um, you know, the brand split or not the brand split, but the, um, the draft will be coming up. Who knows if there's going to be one this year. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But I definitely think at some point they're going to, you know, make it one and just have that one main attraction um, right. be on both shows. Cool, cool. Well, that wraps up listener mail. All right. Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. All right. Before we get to weekly trivia, make sure you're following at Chick Foley on Instagram, Chick Foley Show on Twitter, and head over to chickfoleyshow.com and join our Foley fam. Yep, and use code Chick-fil-A to save 10% at ringside and use code PF10 to save 10% at Chalkline. All right, it's time for the trivia question of the week. I finally got stumped on our last episode and did a four-episode uh, you know, four run of getting you know Sheena's uh, questions right. Mm-hmm. Jordan's going to try to get a streak started to take me out. Sheena, okay. hit him with it. I pulled I pulled this hat or this uh, rabbit out of the hat, and um, I'm hoping I'm hoping my man Jordan can can get this. Here we go. Here here it goes. At the 1992 SummerSlam, the Ultimate Warriors opponent was. Five. 
Jordan, Lord. come on. Oh, Macho Man. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I was, was oh. going through, to come through the freaking microphone, dude. I was going to be so pissed <laughs> off. Dude, I have, every once in a while I have some mental lapses and I forget things. So you guys just got to give me a little extra time because I have to think. No. I mean, that's a weird one because their WrestleMania 7 match is so famous and so iconic that the SummerSlam 92 one almost never gets mentioned. It was a really great match with a really cool yeah. story where they'd been teasing one of them turning heel and ended up neither one of them turning heel. But uh, but yeah, that that and that match wasn't the main event either. Brett and Bulldog main event. So I feel like that's another one of those. Like, it's like a really great match. that kind of gets lost to like the, the hands of time. So I definitely recommend anybody check that one out from SummerSlam 92. And you yeah. get the Warrior in his like nude singlet. So that's always a treat. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, so Jordan, Jordan is, uh, opened the, the streak box, so next week he will get to defend, uh, you know, or the next time we record, he'll get to defend his uh, trivia championship, so. Going for two. Oh, yeah. Going good, for two. Good job, Jordan. All right, Sheena, leave us with some closing thoughts on this Elimination Chamber review. All right, guys. I My, my closing thoughts are, I, I've he- I heard a lot of negativity um, about Brock winning and all that, which is totally understandable. But let's just let's just make a conscious effort from now to Mania, just to watch wrestling, to be entertained, to to just be sports just, entertained, just to be sports entertained. Um, there's too much negativity in the actual world right now. We need to just let our kayfabe worlds just kind of like entertain us and find the find the good parts of uh, our weekly favorite shows. So with that, just stay positive, friends. Oh yeah, I get around, still clown with the underground when we come around. Stronger than ever, back to get.